You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Glory to God. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives and in our midst. Thank you for the shift that took place in the spirit over the weekend. Lord God, and thank you for the confirmation that you gave me last night concerning this shift. Lord God, I thank you. And I give you praise and I give you glory. Thank you for every soul under the sound of my voice. I bring them under the Lordship of Christ. And I declare your kingdom. I declare, oh God, your Lordship over every soul. Hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to someone and say, God is good. And very good. His mercies endure forever. They never come to an end. Amen. So God is good. <laughs> all right. It's good all the time. Yeah. But the biblical way to put it is that his mercy endures forever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. But uh, all the time also is another way of saying forever. <laughs> so, you get me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. One encounter can change your life forever. Did you hear me? Turn to someone and say, one encounter with God can change your life forever. Turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. My goodness. This hero of faith inspires me so much. He is one of my heroes in the Bible. I have quite a few heroes, but Joshua is one of them. Yeah. Number one, Joshua was a man that served. He served Moses until Moses died. Okay. He was a man that knew how to serve. Um, there are few people in Scripture that knew how to serve. No, Joshua was one of them that really knew how to serve. He knew how to go the extra mile. Okay, he knew how to go the extra mile. Even when Moses would leave the tent of meeting, Joshua would remain there. When everybody has left, Joshua is still there. After he ministered to, to Moses, he would minister to God. So he would remain there ministering to God. He knew how to serve man, and he knew how to serve God. Powerful. 
when you are able to combine these two, greatness is before you. And so Joshua was able to, he was able to, um, to live like this, right? Until, to his surprise, Moses died. And you know, the death of Moses was not an ordinary death. Okay? Yeah. First of all, nobody saw him die. <laughs> nobody saw Moses die. God says to him, go, climb the mountain where you are going to die. So how many people followed him? Even his family didn't follow him. <laughs> Can you imagine such a thing? His family did not have the opportunity to see his corpse. And so Moses, at 120 years old, climbed a mountain. Not to tell you the kind of energy and strength he had. Those of you that love hiking, I don't know how many of you have climbed a mountain. Table Mountain is not really. <laughs> okay, it's a mountain. <laughs> but it's a baby mountain. <laughs> it's a baby mountain. You know, <laughs> when I was uh, early in my, in my high school, I was, in a, I was in a school at the foot of the mountain in Cameroon, Mount Cameroon. And Every year, we used to have expeditions to the top of the mountain. So, but we were not allowed because we were still young. But our seniors used to go. And not everybody could get to the, to the peak. Some people will travel and climb and climb, and they get to a point they can't go further. They would camp there. And then the rest would continue, and they would camp and then they would continue, and they would camp, and then they would continue. And then the, those that got to the peak got a special award, and they would come back, and that was like an achievement. You know, because when you get to the, it, uh, Mount Cameroon is the highest peak in West Africa. I can't remember, 1,000 and something meters um, hi. So, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, let me not say something wrong. But, um, yeah, so you get to a point that breathing becomes difficult. You know, so you, you needed some special techniques to, to, to go further. And then you get to a point, they have to train you, they have to prepare you. Before the trip, you have to be prepared. And then you had guides who knew the mountain very well, who would follow you, guide you, lead you through the strip so that you don't die. So, that's why I said Table Mountain is a baby mountain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I don't know. Uh, Moses climbed, I think it's Mount Nebo or so. I'm not sure the height. But he climbed there at 120 years. Now, even to climb Table Mountain at 70 years, it's, it's quite an achievement, okay? 
<laughs> Somebody say even at 30. <laughs> yeah. But at 120 years, God got Moses to climb the mountain. And he got to the mountain. And the Bible says Moses died according to the word of the Lord. So in other, he died by the word of the Lord, rather. So in other words, when he climbed, God now spoke to Moses and said, die. Moses, die now. And then Moses died. So that's why I say his death was not an ordinary death. And then the Bible says that God buried Moses. To the point that Michael, I mean, uh, Lucifer, Satan, wanted to take the body of Moses. And Michael had to come and fight to protect the body of Moses. Because Moses had risen to a level of a God. Do you understand? He had risen to a level of a God and... It, it was important for God to, to preserve his body, otherwise he would be worshipped. He says, I have made you a God to Pharaoh. You see? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that. Deuteronomy 34, 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there, in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. <laughs> you see? So it's the word of God that, that killed <laughs> his body. Because his body was still full of life. Amen. The life of God was so much in his body that he couldn't die. The life of God was so much in his body that at 120... He still had 2020 vision. <laughs> At 120, he still had the energy of a youth. And he could climb the mountain. Amen. He didn't even have to bend. He didn't. No, he was strong. At 120. Have you ever seen somebody who is 100? You can see that, yeah, such people will appreciate God for their lives. You can see that the body has seen a lot. When you see such people, you can see that the body has gone through a lot to still be alive. <laughs> okay. So at 120, you can imagine. I mean, for somebody who started his calling at 80, you, I mean, well, of course, what do you? <laughs> yeah, and he did that for 40 years. Hmm? Yeah. So, this is the man, this is Joshua's mentor. This is Joshua's spiritual father that is, you know, I mean, he has shown Joshua how to walk with God. He has had Encounters. Moses lived in encounters. Starting from the burning bush. Till the day he died. 
He was constantly encountering God. In fact, the Bible says that the relationship God had with Moses was superior to that which he had with prophets. Yeah, Moses was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. Because he was what is known as a face-to-face prophet. A face-to-face prophet is a prophet that is raised once in 2,000 years. You don't find them anyhow. They're not like other prophets. Hallelujah. So that's the kind of man Moses was. When, when Aaron and Miriam were talking against Moses and gossiping about him, and God got angry, he said, Should you not have been afraid to talk about my servant Moses? I speak to him face to face as a man with a friend. If there's a prophet among you, I speak to him in dreams and visions. But with my servant Moses, it's not the same. The fact that you can prophesy, and you're prophesying because of the grace that was on Moses, that I release a little bit on you. Now you're inflated with pride, and you think you can be equal with Moses. You are not equal. So God says, I'm going to settle this matter now. I'm going to kill you. And Moses had to intercede. Because they are his siblings. Miriam was his elder sister. Aaron was his brother. And God is ready to kill them. Because of how they touched the relationship he had with Moses. Why? Because he married an African woman and they were complaining. Huh? Yeah. So you see, yeah. Numbers 12, 8. He says, I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? One of the things in our generation today is that we don't know how to fear God. That's why we can't experience certain things. You want what Moses experienced, but you don't have the kind of consecration Moses had. (laughs) You want the kind of power he had. No, it's not like that. So, Joshua had learned. He has seen how God defended this man. He had seen how God, you know, moved things just uh, at the request of Moses. He had seen unimaginable things happen through this man. Okay? So, This is the same Moses that is now dead. Because Moses ascends the mountain and they are waiting for him to come down. Moses doesn't come down because God has killed him. (laughs) And the burial has taken place. No witness. There's nobody to say dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Nobody. It was the angel that did it. There are people and there are people. Do you understand me? Yeah. 
So, God now, and of course, Joshua is waiting as usual for Moses. And it's then, it's on the backdrop of all of this that Joshua chapter 1 happens. Let's look at that. Verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. You see that? Moses' assistant. God spoke to Joshua. Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Joshua, this Moses that you saw, his face shining like that of an angel. That the glory on his face, you could not even behold. He had to put a cloth. He had to put a veil to cover his face in order to talk with you guys. This same Jesus that you saw bring down a superpower of the day. This same Jesus, that, this same Moses that you saw part the Red Sea. This same Moses that you saw bring down manna from above. This same Moses that you saw strike the rock and water came out. This same Moses that you saw opened the ground and 3,000 people died at once. Buried alive, straight to hell. This same Moses... Is dead. And God says, Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So that is Joshua's own encounter. Okay? Moses had the burning bush experience, which Joshua never had. He had, Moses had many countless encounters, which Joshua didn't have. But now, Joshua is having one encounter that will change his life forever. And that's why I say to you, one encounter can change your life forever. One encounter with God. Okay? I need to qualify that. Not every encounter. One encounter with God can change your life forever. So Joshua is having this encounter that is going to change his life forever. This encounter that is going to bring forth so many things, release so much into his life. One encounter with God can impart so much to you that it will take a lifetime to uncover everything. And so, this is what is happening. And as looking into this, um, this, this chapter, if we read, read right down. Um, I'm looking at the time now. Okay. We'll just go as we, and, and see how much we can cover as we proceed. Okay. So, first thing is that God introduces himself to Joshua. And... In this one encounter, first thing is that 
God calls Joshua. Okay? He tells him that the page, that chapter of your life with Moses is closed. Now a new chapter is starting. Okay? A new chapter is starting. So one encounter can open a new chapter in your life. Come on. Yeah. One encounter with God can open a new chapter in your life. And this encounter can happen in any context. It can happen in your sleep. It can happen in your in your dream, it can happen in the service, it can happen as you are praying, it can happen as you are meditating on the word, it can happen at any time. So, the Bible doesn't tell us what Joshua was doing at this time. But one thing is that God came. God came to him and God announced the death of Moses. Joshua. And not only that, he now opens a new chapter in Joshua's life. So, just write this. One encounter can open a new chapter in my life. One encounter with God can open a new chapter in my life. If you want a new chapter to be open in your life, press into God. Press into God. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. If you would seek God more than you seek any other thing, a new chapter can open in your life. Are you getting me? Yeah. Then look at, look at, look at what he says to Joshua, verse 3. He says, every place Okay, no, before we go to verse 3, still on verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Did you realize that Jordan was a barricade? Okay, that was a river. And God says, arise, go over the Jordan. So, at this time, a new chapter has opened to Joshua in his life. But not only has a new chapter opened, he's calling. All right? He's commissioned. One encounter commissions him. Okay, one encounter commissions him for his calling. One encounter commissions him for ministry. So he's called. In one encounter, a chapter, a new chapter is open. In one encounter, the calling. Okay? In one encounter, he's also raised. God says, arise. Come on, somebody say, arise. Arise. Hallelujah. It says, arise, go over this Jordan. So, in one encounter, he is raised up to another level. 
In one encounter, one encounter with God, many things can happen in one encounter with God. Sometimes you don't need many encounters. Sometimes just one encounter will just redefine things in your life. Change things. Alter your destiny. Completely. And that's what we see. Arise. That means he was down. Okay? He was down. He was, he was bombarded. I'm sure he was sorrowful. Moses, when will you come back? Who knows? Maybe Moses whispered to him and said, Joshua, I'm going. I will not come back. Who knows? But God came to Joshua and said, Arise! So God raised him up. Called him up. Hallelujah. Yeah. God called him up. So sometimes God will call you to a higher level. So that calling could be a calling to a higher consecration. It could be a calling from the masses. Do you understand? That's why if you are addicted to being like everybody around you, you can miss your destiny. Because sometimes God can call you to rise above. And that is not to make you superior, but because of your calling. God will tell you, arise. He might say arise to you, but he might not say arise to the people around you. One encounter. So God says, arise. So God raised him up, or rather called him up. Okay? He raised him up by calling him up. Many times when God calls you up, it's because he wants you to go. He's going to send you forth. Arise, go over this Jordan. Hmm. Yeah. So we can also deduce that in this encounter, Joshua got healed of his sorrow. He could, we could also deduce that he got healed of the absence of Moses. <laughs> you know, because God is a father to the fatherless. Amen? So he has followed Moses as a father. And now Moses is out of the picture. Totally out. Never to come again. And you can imagine what happened emotionally to Joshua. You can imagine the sorrow. But God's word that came in that encounter, healed him. One encounter can bring healing to you. Amen? So many things in one encounter. Isn't that amazing? One encounter brought healing to him. And not only that, he says, Arise, go over this Jordan, 
you and all these people. Okay? So, in one encounter, he's commissioned to lead the masses. These are millions of people. He's commissioned to lead them. So, he gets the what the wherewithal to lead these masses of difficult people in one encounter. You want to lead a nation, you need to encounter God. You want to lead this city, you need to encounter God. There's an encounter you need that will deposit into you what you need to go forward. All right? Yeah. And you notice that God says, go over this Jordan. Jordan was a non-issue. It wasn't, God was not seeing it as an obstacle. <laughs> yeah. So when God is calling... There will be challenges on the way, but the challenges are not the problem. Amen. The most important thing is not the challenges. The most important thing is who you encounter. Amen. Do you get my point? Amen. So this is what we see happening to Joshua. Go over this Jordan. Because why? Joshua has seen how they went over the Red Sea. Well, <laughs> Uh, if he didn't see it, he, he heard about it. Maybe it was a, he was probably a kid when it happened. So, he knows about that, and now God is telling him, you and these people, go over Jordan. <laughs> One encounter produces what it takes to cross over every Jordan. Hallelujah. Yeah. Go over this Jordan. Cross over it. So one encounter. You just need to encounter God. And that encounter will put into your spirit what you need to cross over every barrier, every barricade, everything that is put to stop you, to hinder you, to limit you. You don't, you don't need to focus on that. Just focus on the one that you are encountering. Hallelujah. <laughs> After this, you will long for encounters with God. You need, to, you need to position yourself where you can encounter God. You might be a social butterfly or whatever, but let me tell you something. There will be times that you need to withdraw. And it's just between you and God. There will be times like that. Why? Because that's what is going to give you what you need to cross your Jordan. All right. Yeah. So, then let's look at verse 3 now. Come on. It says... Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. 
One encounter is enough to give you ownership. Hallelujah. Come on. One encounter can give you ownership of that which you are yet to step onto. Only God can do that. One encounter. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God can give you any territory, anywhere on earth by one encounter. Give you one. He can give you territory. Let me just say this here. We're going to own many properties in this city. This is just the first. Amen. Amen. Why? Because I've had the encounter before. Where the Lord showed me the whole city. Hallelujah. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We will possess the land. But you need to encounter God. So many people only encounter obstacles. That's all they encounter. They only encounter the enemy. That's all. They don't encounter God. So if all you encounter is obstacles, you will be, you will be finished. But if you encounter God, He will give you what you need. Amen? Amen. So this encounter gave Joshua ownership. Hmm. Hmm. Let's read the next verse. Verse 4. It says, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Hallelujah. Amazing. One encounter defines his jurisdiction. And you know, those of you that are interested in politics and you, you, you hear Israel, you know, Israel this, that, about Israel and you know how they've taken the land and all of that, just read your Bible. Instead of listening to politicians, read the Bible. It will clear the confusion for you. Because Israel does not, has not even yet possessed the land that God has given to Joshua. They haven't yet possessed the land. There is still more they are going to own. Look at that. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. You know where Euphrates is? Huh? Right up there, around Iraq. Yo. Now it's rattling some people's brains. <laughs> huh? And the little space they have now, which is like smaller than the Kruger National Park, is still being contended. But look at the boundaries. Look at the jurisdiction that God gave. 
So let's just be watching. And let's see. Let the politics go on. Let them keep making noise. Let them keep saying whatever they want to say. And I don't care. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pro-God. I'm not pro-anybody. Are you following me? I'm pro-God and the Bible. Now, if you want to go against the Bible, it's up to you. If you want to go against God, it's up to you. But I'm for God. I stand with God. Okay? So it doesn't matter what the United Nations says. It doesn't matter what the, 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 the other nations say. What God says is what will happen. It's just a matter of time. We will see it come to pass. If a nation can be dispossessed for so long and then come back in 1948 miraculously and a language that has been lost is restored miraculously, how many times in history have you read of such? How many times? We just listen to everybody saying things and you just, you know, parrot what people are saying and you become an echo to what people are saying instead of asking God what he is saying. Anyway, Eric, you were preaching good until now. You're going into politics. Stop it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so, so this encounter defined the jurisdiction. And I pray that you will have an encounter that will define your jurisdiction. Amen. Your domain of rulership. Amen. Your domain of governance. Because you are called to be a king and a priest in God's kingdom. And every single one of us is called to be a king and a priest before God. But you need your kingship and your domain to be defined. You need an encounter that will help you to define. Your sphere of rulership. Joshua got it. Are you going to get yours? You can't get it by listening to everybody. You get it by going to him. (laughs) Okay? So go to God. Ask the Lord. You call me to be a king and a priest. Kings have domains. Where is my domain? Where am I supposed to rule over? Ask him. Because you have a responsibility in the house of God, but you have a responsibility in the kingdom of God, which is outside the four walls of the church. Your priestly responsibilities have to do with the house of God. Okay? They have to do with the house of God. But your kingly responsibilities are beyond this house. But we will deal with that sometime. I know I've promised you many things. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. So, let's look at that. Verse, where are we? Verse 4. Okay? So, it gives the jurisdiction. All right? And every single one of us has a jurisdiction. You have a domain. God has called and anointed you to rule. Okay? You are not not called to be um, a slave. Okay? If you are going to be a slave to anybody, you should be a slave to Christ. 
Nobody else. All right? Yeah. But again, you need to know that although you are called to rule, you are also called to serve. So you have to serve in his house. It says Moses was faithful in God's house in all things. So you have to be faithful in the house. Then from the house, you'll be sent out. You get my point. You'll be ushered into your rulership. Spheres. We were praying. We prayed some serious prayers on Saturday. How many people? You, yeah. Mm, it was hectic, hectic. Yeah. It was hectic, I'm telling you. Hectic. Yeah. Hectic. It was serious. Yeah. So serious. And the enemy was mad. He was so angry. Whew. I've never seen that kind of anger before. Because of their things we touched. There are things we touched. But one day I'll tell you, if the Lord allows me. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's look at verse 5. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Who? So one encounter put authority into, into, into Joshua. God infused dominion into Joshua. In this encounter, he says, he says no man shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life. In other words, from today, there is what has been released into you. The power to dominate. Hallelujah. Is infused into you. And nobody, somebody say nobody. So that means there is going to be opposition. There is going to be resistance. But don't worry. Because what the greater one is in you. Amen. Hallelujah. All the days of your life, until you die, you will just keep winning. Amen. You will just keep winning until you die. Amen. Defeat is not part of the program. Failure is not part of the program. Amen. Hallelujah. One encounter. How can one encounter produce so many things? Why am I sharing this? So that you can seek God more. Press into God. You want to encounter God. Hallelujah. All the days of your life. And let's look at not only not only that, no man shall be able to stand before you. This encounter produced that. But what else? In one encounter, 
God makes a covenant promise to Joshua. He makes a covenant promise. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You might not have had a burning bush encounter. You might not have brought Egypt down like Moses did. You might not have brought the Israelites out of bondage like Moses did. You might not have brought water out of the rock like Moses did. You might not have caused it to rain manna like Moses. You might not have engaged God to the point that God sent quail like Moses. And all the other great things Moses did. You might not have brought the Torah, gone up for 40 days and came back with the two tablets of stone like Moses. But let it be clear, Joshua, the way I was with Moses, I will be with you. Hallelujah. You might not have had the encounters that Pastor Eric has had. You might not have had the encounters that Pastor Uba has had. But as I was, or as I am with them, I will be with you. Hallelujah. So you can have your own encounter with God. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is he's making a covenant promise to Joshua. I will never leave you. Even when you make mistakes, I won't leave you. Do you understand me? I'm going to be with you. One encounter with God can change your life forever. One encounter with God can change your life forever. And you need an encounter with God. You need to meet God. Experience God. In a way that will alter your life forever. Align your life. And set you on the path that God has for you. You need that. You need that. I'm looking at the time. Oh Lord. You have a few more minutes. Okay, you don't. No, you don't. I didn't hear you, so you don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. This expression is speaking about opposition. It's speaking about adversaries. Do you understand? So in this statement, God is saying that you are going to face a lot of opposition. But don't be moved by that. Yeah, there are wars that will come against you, but don't be moved by that. 
Why? He says, no man will be able to stand before you. No man will be able to stand in victory before you, against you. No man. No man. Every one of them will fall before you. They will fall before you. Hallelujah. Isn't it that Isaiah that says, he says, they shall gather together, but they shall fall for your sakes. Hallelujah. So it's okay. They can gather. They can conspire. They can form a coalition against you. Let the nations gather together. Let all the nations gather together. Let all the nations gather together against Israel. Aren't you surprised that national Israel surrounded by enemies? Such a small, tiny country. And yet they can't defeat this Nation, how is this possible? It's because of some of these scriptures. There are promises God has made. And uh, without, I don't apologize that I stand with Israel. I don't. Why? I've seen some scriptures. I've seen some things in the Word of God. Are they always right? No. Sometimes they do things wrong. They pay. They'll pay the price for their wrongdoings. But God's covenant still stands. God's promise to Abraham still stands. Do you understand? Yeah. God says, when I was talking to, to most, uh, David, he says, well, if your children, if your descendants, the ones coming after you, if they don't follow what I've told you, he says, I will punish them, but I will not take the throne away from you. God says, I've established, I've established your kingship forever. God spoke to David. To the point that even when Jesus came, Jesus didn't establish his own throne. He sits. He's going to sit on the throne of David. It was, it's an eternal covenant that God made. So you want to go against that? You must be dumb to fight against that kind of God. What are you talking about? God is not a politician. God is God. He's the God of all flesh. He's the God of all flesh. He doesn't care about the opinions of men. He doesn't. And so that's how when God makes a decision and you encounter God and God gets to a point that he makes a promise to you, it doesn't matter anybody's opinion about you. It doesn't matter how they dislike you. It doesn't matter how they hate you. I'm telling you, they can hate you from now. Till Jesus comes. It makes no difference. God's promise abides forever. God can make an eternal covenant with you. Yeah, there are certain covenants we enter into, you know, through the scriptures, through faith, in, you know, through Christ and all of that. There are certain covenants we get, we've entered into. But I'm telling you, God can make a covenant with you. 
as an individual. He can. I'm telling you, he can. Yeah. But are you seeking him? Do you have enough desire for him? God won't just come and make covenant with just anybody. No, no, no. It's not like that. If you, if you, if you don't have it in your heart to press into God, then all you will experience is general blessings, which is okay. You know, there are general blessings for all his children. He will just release them to you. But the specifics is what I'm talking about. There's some uniquely tailored promises for you and for your children's 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 children. For you and your generations after you. There are specific promises that God can make to you. Yeah. And when that happens, the whole of hell is not enough to stop you. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Hell can come. Let them keep coming. Come fight against the great I am that I am. They should give it a shot and see how far they can go. The number of enemies you have is not is immaterial. Someone says it's immaterial. Shake somebody. Shake, 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 shake. Touch them. Shake, shake, shake them. It doesn't matter how many enemies. It doesn't matter who opposes you. Don't be moved by opposition. Don't be shaken by resistance. Don't be shaken. You just need God. That's all. Hallelujah. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who? Tell me who. One with God, they say, is majority. Amen. If the whole earth be moved, he's still standing. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bless the Lord. Just bless the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Oh, we give you glory. What a mighty God. The God of covenant. The God that makes promises. His promises are yes and they are amen. Yes. We are so blessed. We can enjoy we can tap into the covenant that he made with Abraham. We can tap into the covenant that he made. Yes. Through Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, he can give you a personal covenant. You can encounter him. Yes. God can make a covenant with you. My Lord and my God. Mighty God, we thank you, Jesus. God can make a covenant with you. 
my Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Do you want to experience? You want to encounter Him? Talk to Him. Or are you satisfied with what you are experiencing? Is that enough for you? My Lord. My Lord. My Lord and my God. Come on, talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. I don't know what this means to you. You might not be. You might not be like Moses. Moses, face-to-face prophet. Face-to-face prophet in his day. It might not be like Jesus, the face-to-face prophet in his day while he was on earth. He was able to bring the Father Bring us to the Father. And even in our generation, a face-to-face prophet, David Taylor. And now, we are blessed in our generation today that we can experience Jesus in a way that other generations have not experienced. We can encounter him. I'm telling you, we're in for mighty things. We're in for mighty things with God. But we have to hunger. We have to thirst. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We're going to break bread right now. I want you to take your emblems. You want to really trust God. As you take of this communion today, let it be. I want let, whatever you desire. Do you, do you really desire to encounter Him? Talk to Him. Father, we thank you. As you partake of this bread and this cup. Do it in faith. Jesus has made a way. He has made a way for you. Now you can meet God. You can experience God face to face. But it's only for those who desire it. Talk to the Lord right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive your word. By faith, 
right now, I position myself to encounter you afresh. A fresh encounter that will bring me to the place of destiny like never before. Joshua had his encounter with you. I want mine. I want mine. I want mine. I come by the new and living way. By the new and living way. To enter into the holy place. To enter into the holy place. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Right now. Right now. Jesus. Jesus. You remove the veil. You remove the veil. You made a way for me. You made a way for me. Now I can come into the holiest. Now I can come into the holiest. I can come into the most holy place. I can come into the most holy place. By faith. By faith. Father. Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I partake right now. I partake right now. Of these emblems. Of these emblems. In faith. In faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you made a way. Thank you for these emblems symbolizing the blood and the body of Jesus that was broken for us. Let the door open for encounters. By the blood of Jesus and by the body of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Begin to let the heavens open for your people. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. I give you glory, praise, and honor. Thank you, Father. Now, if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're not born again. If you raise your hand, I'll pray for you. Anybody? those watching as well online just say this after me say dear God I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me he made a way for me to come to you I come right now putting my faith and my trust in Jesus for salvation I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Father, I come before you. Come into my heart, Jesus. Make me a brand new person. Cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for all, everyone that has prayed this prayer. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in their lives. I declare the realities of the new creation over their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.